Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. From Pack Tour Century Week in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Thank you very much, Lon Haldeman, Susan Notarangelo. We are here with Kurt Siervogel and Alicia Siervogel. Kurt has just set the Hammer highest annual mileage record by bicycle. How far did you ride in a year? Uh, 76,076 miles. You know it to the inch. Well, yeah, it was, it was done to the inch. It was, um, we broke the record of 75,065, and we had five days to go. And I was just wanting to, like, kick back and take it easy. But somebody wouldn't let me. I mean... The last day she had this number set in her head. She's like, no, we have to do 76076 because, like, the spirit of 76, because we were taking the record from the Brit. So it, 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 was, it was important to her that I write an extra 230-something miles the last day and make it exact. So we rode all the way from down at Jupiter up to St. Augustine the last day, got to the hotel room, plugged in my miles, and it's like, nope, you're eight miles short. So I had to go back out in the rain and do eight more miles until I had exactly that. Not, no, no extra tents, no anything. How did you put this together logistically from the get-go? I mean, did you have your whole year planned out where you would go? No, we had a, we had a rough plan as to um, following the weather. I've got a – I'm, I'm a very um, fair-weather rider. I don't like riding in the cold. I don't like riding in the rain. So we, we planned it where the temperatures would be as moderate as possible all year long. We started in Florida. In the spring, we worked our way back up to Arkansas. By the time it got too hot in Arkansas, we went up to Wisconsin and then did it in reverse on the way back. There was no definite when we're going to go. It's just we just sort of flowed with the weather. So both of you basically took a year out of your lives to do this. How were you able to leave your job Really, a question for both of you. Kurt, let's go ahead and start with you, but then Alicia, I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say as well. Okay. Well, um, I had to cut a deal with my ex-wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she took over and ran, ran my companies. She did? Yes, for, for the last year. And this year, I have to take over and run the companies while she's on vacation for a year. <laughs> Sounds fair That's to me. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Alicia, how, did you, how were you able to just... Take a year away. Well, I'm a freelance artist, so I can do whatever I want. And as soon as he said, you know, he told me about this record, I'm like, we have to do this. We just have to do it. So it was that simple. I mean, we just packed up and left. So, but you're going for the hammer for women. Is Kurt your crew chief? Uh, Even though he's having to work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the women's record is only uh, just under 30,000 miles. Only. Yeah, so that's, yeah. you know, less than 80, you know, miles a day, which is a lot less than what he did. So uh, the, the support isn't, you know, as needed as much. We can all do that. 
My biggest question the last time we spoke was about a month out from you finishing, but how were you able to matriculate back into regular life? I mean, that's a huge physical demand on your body and to just stop, I think, could cause all sorts of problems. Um, it was easy. I was happy. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to get up today. I mean, I still woke up. The body's... Obviously. The, 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 the body's timed, you know, just to, to, to work on its schedule, but instead of getting on the bike, uh, we just went and walked out to the ocean, walked around, took the day, took it easy. And then uh, when, I, when I finished, uh, we had a couple of things to do on the way back to Arkansas. Um, when I got back, the, the day I got back, my dad passed away. So things re really reintegrating... I mean, I had planned on going right back to work and stuff, and it was kind of—it's been kind of a jumble for the last couple of months. But we're finally—we're we're right now. We're in the process of actually moving Alicia's stuff from California to Arkansas and getting settled, finally settled. So, I, I mean, you would lose socialization skills, though. I mean, you're just on your bike all the time. <laughs> Same with you. I don't, how do you just get back into society? Were you following the news? I mean, no. going on pack tour for three weeks when you're going across the country, stuff happens and you have no idea what happens. You know, every I, time we heard something on the news that was bad, like, you know, the Paris attack and, and stuff like that, we just, we had to just put it aside because we had to stay focused on what we were doing. Some things happened. His uh, mother-in-law passed away and we weren't able to go the funeral for that and I thought oh this is over now and um, I mean just one thing after another happened but we just stayed focused and we had to do it we just had to finish <laughs> I love how everyone always says you know about ram or ultra racing well it's a lot harder on the crew I don't think that's true in this sense it was probably really hard on both of you I mean, how were you able to motivate him when he broke the record there, with George, five days you. to go? No, 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 no. But with five days to go, he didn't need to ride any further, but he wanted, you wanted him to hit a certain mileage marker. How were you able to convince him to do it? Yeah, you know, I let him slack off a little bit, but it was like, you know what? We're not done yet. Somebody can come in and break this record. Okay, maybe not. But, um, you know, it's a lot of miles. And if anyone wants to do this, then great. They deserve it if they, you know, if they surpass his numbers. But um, 76,076 just seemed like a really good number um, just for the U.S. and uh, versus the British. So that's kind of, it, it was just a way to cheer him on and ride it on the van. And, and you bought that. <laughs> he did. He bought all the I was really happy with 76,000. You know? It's like, yeah. But it wasn't, I mean, the, actually, the distance was almost perfect from where we were starting to where we wanted to finish in St. Augustine. Yeah. Um, it would have, I would have actually finished at the hotel with the right amount, but we had to stop partway through because uh, if you've ever ridden on A1A going north, there's, there's a section where there's no shoulder, and it had stopped. I mean, it, it had gotten, it was rainy, foggy, couldn't see, so yeah. we, she, she had to, you know, take me up the road about eight miles until we got back to shoulder before we start. Otherwise, it would have been the exact distance, so it wasn't a big deal. I'm feeling really patriotic, so I'm going to ride 17.76 <laughs> miles tomorrow. <laughs> At what point did you realize doing this all on an upright is going to be really almost impossible? Why and when did you make the decision to bring in a recumbent as well? Because you rode both. Before we started. 
before you started? I mean, the two days before we started, we stopped down at Vite Bikes down in Florida, saw John Schlitter, and picked up um, a Bichetta, because I knew I was going to have to use it. Uh, I integrated it in slowly. Um, the second day, I rode it for 10 miles, the third day, 20, and just built it up to like 100 miles a day, so I could was going back and forth between the two. And then did you end up spending more time on one bike or the other, or did you trade off pretty much equally throughout? Um, up through, it, it was terrain dependent. It was. Uh, the, the bent is designed to be ridden in flat, windy areas. I mean, you, you want the aer aerodynamic benefits and when you're not pushing up a hill. I mean, so you, you can go faster. Now, the, the body-saving thing, you would, I would keep using it just for that if, if things started hurting, but it was usually terrain-dependent when I would use it. So I want to go back a little bit to logistics. This isn't something you just woke up and thought, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow. How long was your planning process? Two days? A week? <laughs> I mean, when did it kind of enter your mind that this would be something you'd want to go after, and then you decided, yeah, we're really going to do it, and here's how we're going to do it? We just, well, the... The rules, they had been working on a set of rules for like the last year. The rules didn't come out till the week before Thanksgiving. UMCA. The UMCA rules. Okay. And we, I finally got the rules. One of the other competitors sent them to me. It's like, you know, you got to do this. And that's like I looked at it. It's like, oh, I could do this. And I was with taking care of Alicia because she had broken her ankle. And um, she's like, yeah, we got to do this. And so from... The day before Thanksgiving 2014 till January 10th is the logistics, the planning, the leading up, so about 45 days. I mean, you had to get your work in order and everything to yeah. get ready to take <laughs> off. And then you decided, you had a van already, yeah, sprinter, I had, I had the sprinter, so you used that. Yeah. And then how long did it, well, you said, we've got to do it, so you were already on board. Yeah, yeah pretty much. We had to pack up all our, everything in California into a storage shed, which we yeah. just finally cleaned out. <laughs> yeah, weekend. just the other day, right. <laughs> so, I mean, that, like I said, it, it's in the, everything. It's all in the parking lot. Everything, everything <laughs> is in the parking lot right now. So, I mean, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, Kurt Sirvogel, of course, because this really wasn't that much more than your regular training regimen, was it? Oh, about three times. Yeah, but, okay. I mean, well. <laughs> well, I mean, I had done 20,000 for two years leading up to the year before RAM when I did 27,000. Um, and that's when I first that heard about That was 2012. It. Yeah, it was 2011 is when I did 27,000. Okay. 2012 is when I did RAM. When you did RAM, Because gotcha. I was training for RAM. So at the end of 2011 is when I actually heard about the 75,000-mile record. I mean, I didn't even know it existed until then. I was like, you couldn't do it. When I heard about it, it's like, that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... No way you could do that. Now, I remember a real scandal popped up not long after you started because you had a beer. <laughs> yeah. And that actually was all over Facebook. And <laughs> how did you fight that and convince them to allow you to enjoy a beer at the end of a, a day? How did I convince them? Mm. I, don't, I, I think other people did the convincing for me. There, there were people that wanted me to do this, and they... they they worked with the people that made the rules to make the rules not uh, make the rules doable. I mean, the rules were based on setting a cross cross, cross state record. Right. Okay. 
So your crew and you, nobody could have alcohol, you know, while you're doing the record. And ram. Or ram. I mean, ram. I mean, nobody could have any alcohol. Well, to, I mean, how? Who? Who get? First of all, it's like you pointed out. But who do you determine your crew is? Anybody that helped you? So if that any of those people ever had alcohol during the year, you're disqualified, or not disqualified, but had a penalty. It's like I pointed out the absurdity of their rule, and there's a lot of people agreed with me. Enough people that they changed the rule so that you can't have alcohol until you stop logging miles for a day. Okay, so gotcha. One, one, once once you have a beer, you can't ride anymore. For Fair enough. I guess so. It's not I mean, if you ask the randomers out there, they don't agree. Poor <laughs> 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 John. Yeah. It's like the, <laughs> Was there ever a point where you felt like I got this and I know I'm going to make it, or were you ever really? Was it always kind of in there? You know, I, car. Deer, dog, Deer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things, though, that could have cut you off. Mm -hmm. um, you really had a, a magnificent year. When did you start to feel like, I got it? Uh, somewhere around Christmas. You did? I mean, it was pretty much, I was on a path where I was like, okay, I started counting yeah. down, okay? All right, okay, I'm going to have to do 190 miles now. I'm down to only having to do 190. Each day it would drop two miles a day, so that my average would only have to be. And so when I got down, you know, where it was like 175 miles a day, I was like, okay, I got this. I know we can do this. And we, you know, just kept riding at our normal pace, so we, you know, went way by. Until you came the last day and said you have to do 230 yeah. plus. Yeah, <laughs> but right before that, he, he wanted to travel around uh, Florida right towards the end before he even broken the record and because of the traffic and all the different problems that we've had with car, you know it just made me scared so I'm like you're staying in Flatwood Park you're doing a seven mile loop every single day all day long until you're done and that's and that's what happened she, she made me stay yeah. from probably something like the 10th of December we came back from our last loop that we're, we we would ride in Flatwoods Park for about four days. During the week, the park's pretty empty, so it's really easy and there's nobody in the way. And then on the weekend, we'd take him to a big three-day loop of Florida and then come back to the park and do it over and over. And the last time, she's like, no, because I had cut a tire and you know a bunch of stuff. And, it was, and one of the guys I was riding with uh, went down on a, a meat grinder, yeah. the drawbridge, those drawbridges. Yeah. Yep. yeah, he went down on a meat grinder right in front of me. And so she's like, that's it. And We're I not cars cutting in front of him, and he's just riding right alongside, you know, Semis. I'm like, no, this is just so we're for, too, for, you're for, too for, close. for three weeks. I rode a seven mile seven loop. mile loop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was great. It was, it was great. I mean, people came out and rode with them all the time, and really fast people. And that's what that's what made it so awesome. Towards the end, a lot of I mean, we had a lot of people in Tampa that came and helped. Wild but horses. you say a lot of fast people. You were like averaging 17, 18, 20 miles an hour on most of your days, weren't you? Uh, at the end, when we were in Flatwoods Park... I mean, uh, they had to be fast. Yeah. Well, they were going like 24. These guys, oh. They were just flying. And he I mean, had to calm them. He, had to, <laughs> he calls them uh, taming his wild horses. I, I, I got him to ride at a decent pace yeah. for a while. You know? they, they kept trying to want to take off. Someone passed them. Wow. 
<laughs> so did you ever draft? Were you able to? Yeah, I mean, that's, you could. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, can, you can draft. So when we were there um, at Flatwoods, I, would, I, I had certain people that would come out in the middle of the day. I mean, and so they would be there two, four, six hours sometimes. Mm -hmm. Some people would come. Oh. I'd have um, recumbent riders were really, you know, wanting to help me out. So on the days I was out, when I was out riding my recumbents, I'd have recumbent riders come from all over Florida to ride with me. I had some people fly in from New York State to come ride with me. Just, wow. I mean, he was, he'd been following me all year long. He's a teacher. He was talking to students every day. And so on Christmas break, he flew down, rode his bike from the airport, you know, out there, rode around mm -hmm. with me for two days, and then mm -hmm. rode his bike back to the airport. So Christmas, Thanksgiving, food, uh, you pretty much ate any and everything, didn't you? You weren't on a strict diet. You no. just wanted calories, right? Yeah, I, I, I had my nutrition regimen, which made sure I got all the things I needed through spiz and through the vitamins and stuff I took. And then uh, besides that, you, I, I ate whatever I felt like eating, whatever, whatever I wanted to eat. Because if you, if you weren't fueling, you weren't moving. Right, so you got You got to take in what made what, what what you felt like eating. You couldn't take in, it, you know, if you if, if you were supposed to be on a diet or something. It's like I don't want that. Okay, after a while, you're not going to ride fast. You're not going to go. So you got to eat what felt good. And how were you able to cut back when you cut back on your mileage? I mean, um, you still well, had to be uh, hungry. <laughs> I wasn't going to pinch your belly. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, I, let's see. In two months, I probably put on twenty pounds. So have you really? <laughs> have you, how much have you ridden since you finished? Um, uh, if I added it all together, maybe 300 miles. <laughs> now, maybe 400, if I count my indoor trainer workouts. Yeah. <laughs> Not indoor a lot. trainer workouts. Not a lot. <laughs> I, I actually tried to see how, you know, where, where my fitness level was, just measuring uh, on my computer trainer. Um, and it was like, oh. Where was it? it it's somewhere around 80%, 85% of my top. And where were you kind of as this went on? I, I would assume that it hurt your fitness to a point. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, compared to when you did RAM or whatever, mm -hmm. I assume you were a lot more fit at that time. Um, yeah, I went into RAM a lot more fit than I went into this because this was actually start, starting in the off season, so I only built, started building right. back up. Um, from in, in November, December, and uh, plus all the, like I said, all the logistics planning that was going on. So the buildup was minimal. I mean, I would only usually hit maybe 140, 150 every other day, and then do 100 the, the day off as, as recovery, building up. So I was nowhere near built up like I was with RAM. I probably started at 90% of the top. So, I mean, I, and I got better for a while. Uh, I was probably around 95% when I hit Sebring. But when I got sick in April, I dropped down. I mean, and so from there, it just, during the year, just went down. Did you bring in events to kind of break up the monotony? I did at the beginning, you know, when we were in Florida. Right. We would find stuff to do. Um, but once we got back to Arkansas, I was going to try to hit some of the ultra races. But we were going to go down to Texas and do an ultra race, and the wind was blowing from the southwest at 20 miles an hour for three days straight. It's like, well, I can't ride into that to get there. So, oh. you know, it, so we, it, it didn't work out where we could get to events. So I would love it if 
you all have any questions to come on up and ask Kurt and Alicia, there we go. <laughs> yep. Can you speak to um, about how you dealt with mechanicals, how many bikes you went through, how many wheels you went through, and who did all your mechanical work because you were riding for however many days, <laughs> hours a day. Okay. Thanks. That's me. Uh, <laughs> we went through two, we, uh, let's see, two bikes uh, are in dumpsters in Florida. I broke a, I, I broke a frame on one of them. I mean, it had been broken once and had a carbon patch and I hit a bump once and it just snapped the rear triangle. I uh, had a set of handlebars come off in my hand, broke the, broke the uh, stem. Um, those, were, th those were my two oldest bikes. I mean, they'd both, both of those had been around since uh, Ram in 2012. So they had, they had seen a bit of work already, a lot of training. Um, the I mean, who, who did the work for us? Whoever we could find, wherever we were, we had, that, that was probably the best part of it was the bike shops, the local bike shops. Whenever we went in and said, Leisha told them who she was, what we, what we were doing, they're like, okay, let me get that on there and let's see what we can do. They always I mean, bumped us to the front of the line. You know, I went in and one shop had an ocean of bikes to fix and then I told them who we were, what he was doing and, and he fixed it right away. And it, it was great. We got a lot of really great support from all the bike shops that we went to. Most of it was is easy stuff like uh, I, I would always break the shifter cables on my TT mm -hmm. bike. So that was that was something they could get quick. Uh, we had a couple of people help us build Franken bike. Take the parts off of this bike and this bike to make a bike that's still working. Um, at the end, I've got two frames sitting at home with no components on it. I've got, uh, like I said, the two that were in the trash and I'm two that I'm still riding. Plus the recumbent I'm still riding, plus the titanium that's on the trainer. And then there's the uh, cross bike. Plus we lost a few wheels. We we we, we, we had a few. Fell off the we we <laughs> we had incidents where uh, uh, the bikes would try to commit suicide. <laughs> they would jump off the the uh, bike rack in the back because um, somebody would forget to tie them down or something. I don't know. Somebody's in charge of putting the stuff on when you race, aren't they, George? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's the racer, right? Anyway, we, we, we had a few Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards.
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Incidents like that, so we lost some wheels. How did you survive the broken stem handlebars coming off? That could have been a catastrophic crash. That, that, that it would have been, except I was at a, um, I was at a, I, I jumped a curb. I was getting through a parking lot, and so I was going really slow. But it, was, I, it wasn't when I jumped the curb. I jumped the curb. Oh, I, was, okay. I went to make the turn, and the, bike, and the handlebars came off. So, I mean, probably when I jumped the curb was when I went, but... So it happened in slow motion. It, it was kind of a slow motion, like, 5-mile-an-hour, 10-mile-an-hour crash. I mean, yeah, because wow. if you're going down the road and they came off, that would be pretty bad. I mean, I had another set of handlebars break when I was mm-hmm. coming into Little Rock. They had just dug up a road, and, you know, they had paid, put, put in one layer... But there was another, there was still a lip for the last layer Ooh. to be poured. And I went around a corner, and I hit it, and the handlebar just went. But the handlebar was, all of my bars are double taped for, for padding. Right. So it still held. The handlebar was still there. Because of the so, tape. <laughs> so I could still shift, and I could still break, but I had to hold the handlebar in my hand. But, but you wanted to know what kind of, what, what expenses we had as far as equipment goes, or what he went through, like... Sets and chains and well, tires I mean, and too many tires to talk about. Um, Over fifty for sure. We 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 uh, bike tires direct was one of our sponsors. They helped us out. Um, you used some of his new shorts too, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, Procorsa. Yeah. The Procorsa shorts. Mm-hmm. He provided a lot of Procorsa shorts for us. Um, cassettes, chains. I didn't change it. I didn't. I didn't change it out until it needed to. I mean. Yeah. Until it started skipping, so then it was cassette and chain at the same time always. Oh, you just ride it until it didn't. Any because injuries? It, it, not, huh? Did you have any <laughs> injuries? Uh, crashed five times. But nothing not, that not, really kept you off the bike the entire no, it's time. No, it's always road rash and just just going down and that's one of the great things about being an ex wrestler. You know how to roll when you crash. And mountain biker, I guess the two goes together. I mean, the ability to crash and not get hurt, or other than getting skinned up. I mean, there were there were there were incidents with deer. Never, I, I never hit one, but I could pet one. <laughs> I mean, if, have you ever ridden through Little Rock and li- through the park? The they they they, they right stand there. there right alongside the trail. It's like you could reach down and pet the dang thing, or jump off and rodeo it. <laughs> but I never did hit one. I, that, that there were people. All through the year in Little Rock, I mean, like two or three different people hit deer that year. Yeah. We went through quite a few cleats. Any run-ins with cars? Two. Two. They were they were kind of sort of both my fault and the driver's fault. Kind of. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one of. I them, wonder how an insurance company yeah, looks at that. Right. <laughs> well. Yeah, you tell me. Well. What, what, never, never go down a bike path that parallels a road, like a sidewalk type bike path. Oh, I hate those. Because if you're, if you're going west, south of the road, the cars do not look for you coming from that direction. So I was going through the bike path, car pulls out, and I just sort of ride it on its hood. I mean, just sort of sat, I mean, it was raining, so I just sort of sat, the bike tires sort of slid around the ground, I just sort of slid, and they saw me and finally stopped, and I just kept riding. So I rode that one out. The other one, it's good being a mountain biker. Like I tell you, it gives you lots of abilities. 
<laughs> but and, and the, the other, other one? The other one was somebody turning into a parking lot. Oh. I mean, when, when you're zipping down the road in your makeshift bike lane, because you know, a, lot, a lot of places are not called bike lanes, they're just called the shoulder or whatever, and you're just going down alongside a bunch of cars, they're not looking for you. So, I mean, they, when they get up to where they can turn into their thing, they, they turn, and, and you're going, eh, you don't see their blinker, so you're just flying down like you're going to the intersection. So I, I, I rolled over a cup, I rolled over a hood in Florida. Wow. Just rolled over, got back up. Any nagging pains that caused you any concerns that you might not make it? Um, I've got, not that, I mean, just the, the, other than the asthma and stuff like that, the, that that was a that was a big nagging thing that knees me, were fine all the way through hands I, I'm I'm thinking of numbness and things that well my sh my shoulder gave me a lot of problems um, the hands were the hands were good because I could switch back and forth between bikes uh, the knee one day just completely tweaked out and I couldn't ride my recumbent for a couple of days but I could ride my upright and it didn't bother me huh so no, nothing that kept me off the bike. We have another question from the audience. Can you describe kind of a, a typical day, meaning when did you get up, when did you eat, when did you sleep, you know, all the actions okay. that you went through in a day? Sure. Um, I, um, that differed by the time of year and where we were. Um, a typical day in Wisconsin when the wind was blowing would be, um, we, we had a place in Wisconsin over along Lake Michigan, but the wind tends to blow from the west pretty hard. So if you get trapped against Lake Michigan, there's not a lot you could do. So on the days when the wind, when we knew the wind was gonna be blowing 20 plus back to the, back to the east, uh, we'd, we would wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I would drive three hours due west um, to somewhere west of Stevens Point. And he would drive, I wouldn't drive means we have to get up at three or four o'clock in the morning. And so I, I would drive three hours, then we'd, we'd, we'd get out there, uh, I'd eat before I get on the bike, and then ride, you know, just ride back. And during the day, like every two hours or so, she'd be feeding me something. That would, that would normally be the case. Um, and we'd ride till we get back toward, toward Manitowoc. We'd ride along the, the coast over there until we ran out of light, and we'd go back to the yeah, go back and sleep somewhere around nine or ten o'clock. Now down in Florida, it was a completely different story because we were at, at Flatwoods Park. I would get up at um, five o'clock and then be, um, eat, eat breakfast and be on the bike around six. I'd go out for, and do a two-hour loop, and then she would meet when meet me when the park opened with the second breakfast. I'd go out and do another you know three-hour loop and meet her back for lunch and three-hour loop, and and until about. You know, six o'clock at night when the park closed, and then I'd go ride outside the park until I got whatever miles I wanted for the day, and then head back to the hotel. So it it, it varied tremendously of when when during the year it was and what the conditions were. What was the general amount of time that you spent riding? Um, Basically, how much sleep were you able to get a day? At least seven hours a day. You were. Uh, there, there are very few days I got less than seven hours sleep a day. Um, 
So, uh, like I said, the days I had to drive, it was probably closer to six. We'd, we'd usually crash by 10, and I'd get up at four. Um, and, but I mean, we were almost always in bed nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. So, I mean, I, 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 I was able to get, I was able to recover. So this was a big deal with the ultra community when you first started. When did you start seeing it getting attention in the other news outlets? Uh, oh, bicycle. What? It was slow. It was kind of. It was. We, we, yeah, it was slow. But we, I think we got more attention from Europe than we did anywhere in Germany. And then outside picked you up. Yeah, that, that was yeah. that. That was uh, big. Um, about the same time, the guy from outside did it. We had ESPN yeah. interviewed us when we were up mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. But it was probably five months before we got a, a mm -hmm. big amount of coverage. Right. And, and then after we got back, we had uh, people come in from Germany to interview me, and we rode with them. Yeah. Come and rode with me. What was your cost per mile? A dollar. Dollar. That's what my budget was, a dollar a mile. I think we have another question from the audience. Did you uh, keep track of any physiological metrics? Did you have periodic blood tests? How did, did you modify your vitamin and mineral intake based on some of those tests if they were done? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it, it would have actually been good if we would have had the time or had but that would have pretty much taken another person uh somebody that was willing to be doing a study to mm -hmm. keep up with the stuff um and secondly i wasn't i wasn't about to give any blood during this thing i've i've i've, I've given like give, had blood tested before and then i'd go out and train the next that night and i was like dead I mean, I've had, I've done that before, and I was like, no, I, I, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to lose any blood. And he did when he was sick, and when. He well, yeah, because I mean, when I when, when I was when I went to the hospital and stuff, they took blood. But other than that, the blood I lost when I crashed was enough. Road runners, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking out. I see Barb Bohati, pack tour massage therapist extraordinaire. How about massage? Um, I really missed my massages. <laughs> when, when, when I would train, norm, normally when I train, I would get a massage a week. Um, and I, don't, I think I got my first massage when I got back to Arkansas. I got one. Um, then I won a massage from uh, the National Bike Challenge because I had the most, had the most miles halfway through the summer. <laughs> it was a little unfair advantage, but I, I want a massage. And I, I, the problem was I couldn't find anybody in Wisconsin to get a massage from that you know would work with our schedule. It's like so I waited till I got back to Arkansas to, to get that one. So I think I had three massages the whole year. I have three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any acupuncture? Any therapy? No. No. Wow. There, there just wasn't there wasn't time, wasn't and any anything like that would have had had to be coordinated. And besides the hour and a half you're not riding, there's the time getting there, and the time getting off. So at an average of 18 miles an hour, there went at least 30 or 40 miles. And so what are you going to do? You got to ride an extra half hour each day to make up for it. It's like nah, I, it, it it wasn't 
it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the time off the bike. I mean, that's that's the way I looked at pretty much everything. That was like if he, if I didn't have to do it, it didn't get done. Like we didn't do anything extra. Like people would ask us to go out to dinner or out for a drink afterwards. We just didn't have time. It, it, we would suffer for it if we did. We did once, but we couldn't do it again. Just to go out to dinner. How'd you time. celebrate when you finished? Uh. Well, <laughs> well, we the, the day we broke it, uh, the people down in Tampa actually threw us a party. Mm-hmm. They did? Yeah. Uh, and um, The day you broke it. You still had five it. days yeah, to right. go, though. Okay. Yeah. The, day we, the day we broke it, they threw us a party. Um, the Brits even sent us a wedding cake. They did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the people from uh, YACF, it's yet another cycling forum. Mm-hmm. They, they talked about this continuously all year mm-hmm. long. It, it, kept, it kept them entertained. And so kept me entertained. <laughs> they, they kept her entertained. Um, but they sent us a wedding cake. That's awesome. <laughs> it was. It was. So we had. It was just interesting things like that would happen. But when we actually finished, the photographer Eddie. <laughs> I think we. He, he and I. Alicia had a beer, and that was it because we were done for the we day. Were done. It was that done. was it. It's over. Now, Lon, I have a question for you. If you could come up. <laughs> I mean, you were one of the pioneers of long distance cycling. Is this something that you had known about? And I mean, this kind of mileage, is this, were you ever anywhere close? No, no personally, no. I mean, 25,000 for me in a year was a lot, you know, training for Ram and stuff. So that's what I think is amazing. I mean, that's a, a tremendous record to do it that many days in a row. And I guess what I'm, curious about is what mentally did you go through I mean good days bad days or did you just try to keep every day the same or was there some point the alarm goes off at 4 30 in the morning and and you come to the realization you got to get back on the bike again and even during the the ride do you think you know this is too much you know I'm, I'm gonna you know or do you feel good you know I, I just wonder how mentally you kept it together because that's that's a really hard thing to do that many days in a row without having a, a basically a letdown and say heck with this you know so that's that's what I think's really the record is how many consistent days you can put it in a row in that meltdown um, it it's a habit I mean it pretty much became a habit Waking up and doing doing whatever I did in the morning, and then getting on the bike became a habit. That that part wasn't ever hard. The the the, the times it was hard was when you're out there and it was a crappy day. Um, days of rain. It, you, you, when it when it's cold and rainy, you, I can only I can only take it for so long before I become a big baby and start crying and let me in the van, and then she no. won't. She won't <laughs> let me in the van. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I mean, at, at, there was, there was days where it's like I just at 150 miles, I'm done. I can't do any more today, and just, just packed it in. But I think what I picked up on him was he was able to relax in it. He treated it like a job, and he just got up and he did it, and he just relaxed in it, and he just rode. He just rode, and then any time that he would be down, it wouldn't take much to, you know, make him happy or bring him back again. You know, just an ice cream cone or. You know, uh, you know, some music here. Take my music, or I mean, it just didn't take that much. 
Um, maybe you should change your clothes and not wear all wet clothes. That might help. Um, just it was, it was very small things that would help motivate him. But he treated this like a job, and he just did it. He got up, no problem. I had problems getting up every morning, but he didn't. <laughs> he got on his bike. Susan Notarangelo, I'm very curious to know what your thoughts are. Well, we're honored to have Kurt and Alicia here, and we'd like to know what distance you're going to ride tomorrow. Um, <laughs> we have some people that are going to do a 200K, and we hear you're going to Patagonia to the bakery. Is there a bakery? That sounds like a good place <laughs> to go. A bakery coffee, coffee shop in Patagonia. I think that's my destination. Now. And you have your Fort Passes, correct? Yes, we have yes. our Fort Passes. So they have good background checks. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm, I'm really honored. We've known Kurt for over 10 years, and to, I mean, I, I, I really couldn't follow him because somehow my life is pretty full, but when um, Wes Wilmer from Virginia came down to ride with you, we were inspired because Wes has come back from a huge injury from two years ago, and he rode with you those last couple days, and he was posting on Facebook, and it was inspirational for Wes with one really good leg to try to keep pace with you even after you've been out for over a you know you know close to a year to be doing it so um it was inspirational to watch the last um few hours when it was happening it was very cool and we're really honored as a group to have you here um because as a group I'm not sure we all ride 75,000 in one year <laughs> 70 but if there are no more questions, Lon, do you have one? Yeah, I just if you could go the the fellow from England, you, you broke his record, and I'm not even sure of his name, but you and him are the only people that know what that feels like to go over 75000 in a year. I don't believe he's still living. Okay. No. What would you say to him now if you had a chance to talk to him about breaking his record? I cussed the sorry son of a bitch out. He <laughs> <laughs> only needed to do 66000 to break the old record. Why did he keep going so far? <laughs> Make it so damn hard. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I do. It's like, it's like, come on, man, 200 miles a day, wouldn't that be enough? But any, anybody who wants to know about this story, uh, there's a book called The Year by Dave Barter, and he wrote about this whole uh, long-distance challenge, year-long yeah. challenge. Starting and from it, the record set in 1911. 1911, yeah. Through the one set in 39. Right. And anyone, if you read the book, anyone who's ever done this, um, and they raced, they really never came back to the race status again. After, really? Yeah, the race speed. Isn't so, that motivation? So we're hoping that you're well, <laughs> we'll be back. Be but no, I mean, it, yeah. That's okay. Uh, it's what, what he did back when he did it was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. uh, the story is amazing. I mean, World War II was starting, and there were right. blackouts, right. and... Then didn't he join the RAF when it was done, when he was finished? Yeah. He, he, <laughs> was, a, he was a sports trainer. He was. Yeah. So I don't think he actually met too long, but went to war. But 
still, and he was a vegetarian. I mean, one guy broke it, and he only had one arm. This, I mean, in, in the, in the, in right, the early on. Yeah, when it first started. But, but yeah, it's a pretty amazing story to hear each person's story. It's pretty inspiring. And the women's story, too. And I have one more question for you. When you were putting this together, there was a man from the UK who was trying to break this. Yeah. Uh, he started, I think, around January 1st. Did you time your start watching him so that you could have you could know if he broke the record and you might have to go a little bit further no i mean i had to my my, my start time was based on when i could finally get um all of my books closed for the three companies i run i mean i it was the earliest it was a benefit and i mean i used it to uh, mess with the screw chief <laughs> you know who screw chief was right i do <laughs> <laughs> I could, I, I could, I could. I mean, it was, it was good because I could see what he would do for a day, and I could go out the next day and do more. One mile more. One mile more. <laughs> <laughs> His crew chief was Chris Hopkinson. <laughs> I have a feeling you had a really good time with that. <laughs> Me? <laughs> well, thank you all for sitting in this evening, and uh, Kurt and Alicia, it's just great chatting with you. Congratulations on what I think is an unbreakable record. That's <laughs> over a couple of years anyway. Okay. And Alicia, best of luck to you. Thank you. How are you doing as far as your mileage? Uh, she's she's going to, she hasn't started yet. She's, oh, you uh, haven't started yet. We're, we're, we're working on her training right now leading up. We had a tentative start date of April 23rd, but she's been having some knee pain when she's climbing. So we're working on getting that ironed out before she starts. All right. Yeah. Well, great. From Pack Tour Century Week in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Kurt, Alicia, thanks very much. Thanks, Thank George. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.